Hey there, educational rock stars. I just wanted to record this quick little note before we jump into today's episode. It is raining and it is pouring cats and dogs. And of course, you know, we travel full time in our RV. And so we hear all the little raindrops and we think it's very soothing, but it can be very distracting whenever you're trying to record a video or a podcast. So I tried to find a lull, but you are going to hear some of the big raindrops hitting our roof throughout the episode. And I do apologize for that. I also apologize for the fact that I sound a little bit under the weather. It's just the rain and the cold. Uh, messing with my voice. So um, I just wanted to give that quick note. I do apologize if it is a distraction and uh, hopefully that is not going to be the case when we record future episodes. So um, sit back and enjoy and let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Teaching Made Easy podcast where it's all about simple systems that actually work so you can finally teach and give your students bigger impact in their learning. Teaching is hard, y'all, but what if I told you that sometimes we make it harder than it has to be? I'm Farah, CEO of Farah Henley Education and host of the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I've been an educator for almost 25 years, and to say I've seen a thing or two is an understatement. I know how much you pour your heart and soul into your students and your classroom, and I want to help you find some simple ways to have a bigger impact without breaking the bank or spending all your free time focused on school. You don't have to be a Pinterest teacher to be a great teacher, and that is what this podcast is all about. So grab your favorite beverage, head out on that walk, or just soak the day away in a bubble bath. But sit back and let's enter the world of teaching made easy. Hey there, educational rock stars. Welcome back to the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I hope this podcast finds you super well-rested after a holiday break and or a winter break, whatever you and your district um, call it, um, whether you celebrate Christmas or just take a winter break and a holiday break. Man, saying goodbye to 2020 was super, super nice. I don't know about y'all, but if you're listening to this, it's it's our, it's the 9th of January, I believe, when this is going to be coming out. And uh uh, New Year's Eve was a celebration in my house, so we were toasting and saying goodbye to 2020. You're also getting this podcast as a two for one today because we are launch we launched the new podcast today as well for 2021, and super excited to be back and big things. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, it is the episode right before this one. It came out on the same day, and you can go back and listen to all the things that we were grateful for in 2020 and all the things that we are expecting in 2021. And uh, yeah, so go listen to that episode. Um, And and in fact, you might want to listen to it before you continue this one. But today's episode, we are going to be diving into a topic that is very, very dear to my heart, and that is math and literacy centers. Now, if you've been following me for any time, you know I talk about math and literacy centers pretty much nonstop because I believe that math and literacy centers are one of the biggest biggest tools that you can use in your classroom to give your students the biggest impact. I am truly a lover of math and literacy centers, all things math and literacy centers, but I also believe it is one of the most complicated things to implement in your classroom if you make it or that we can make it the most complicated thing in our classrooms and it doesn't have to be. 
I kind of wanted to start the new year off. Um, now, this is the new year calendar year, not necessarily a new school year, unless maybe you're year-round. Some, I don't know, do some schools start in January when they're year-round? Typically, a teacher calendar is August to July, or August to June, um, or August to July if you're year-round. But for the new year, I wanted us to come back and I wanted us to start. This was always a time for me in my classroom when I would come back after the first of the year, after the winter break. And even though I still had a whole semester with my students, I started thinking about next year. I'd had a chance to reflect on my previous, on the first semester. I'd already started making notes on things I wanted to do different for the next year. And my students were pretty much in a groove of things, even if they, even if I was still having to work on some things and they weren't uh, working well, and maybe we were just tweaking some things. But by January, at least by the middle of January, my students were back in the swing of things and things were starting to run pretty smoothly. So I could, I did have that extra brain power to be able to think forward to next year. And so that's kind of what I wanted to be able to do for uh, you guys. Some of the stuff that I'm going to be sharing, you can absolutely take back into your classroom right now and start. And that is totally possible. And if you ever have any questions about anything that I share here on the podcast, or you're like, man, I want to jump in and start doing this right now in my classroom, then um, you can join either our K2 community or our 3-5 community over on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, Farrah Henley Education. Um, and you can shoot me a DM or um, you can send me an email at support at fairhenley.com and uh, we will get back with you. One of the super exciting things I forgot to mention in the um, episode prior to this talking about goodbye 2020, hello 2021, is that we now have a team of teachers, a team of educational rock stars here at Fairy Henley Education. And I could not be more excited about all the things that we have coming for you guys. Um, and it's not just my brain. These are some amazing teachers that are going to be bringing you some amazing resources, amazing simple systems for you to use in your classroom. And shout out to my team, Team FHE. And uh, if you have emailed us or you have left a comment on anything, you may have gotten a response from Team FHE and they are like I said, they're amazing. And we've got teachers that are K2 specialists. We've got teachers that are 3-5 specialists. Um, we have teachers that are um, K2, K5 specialists. We've got teachers that are ESL specialists. We are so excited about everything we're going to be doing here at uh, Fair and Henley Education. So... Like I said, math and literacy centers are my passion. Now, some people may say, um, Farrah, why, why math and literacy centers? They're math and literacy centers. Come on. I mean, how exciting can they be? To me, math and literacy centers are like the holy grail of classroom resources. <laughs> they just are because there are so many things that you can do with math and literacy centers and they're so... Um, that you can differentiate, you can, you, you can just do so much. And there's, there, what's the word I'm looking for? They are, um, they're so, they're, 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 you could just use them for so many things. I mean, I can't think of that word right now. I'm drawing a complete blank and I'm sure somebody's going to message me and say, this is the word you were looking for. Um, and do that because I love hearing from you guys. You can just do so many things. You can use math and literacy center activities in small groups. You can send it home for homework. You can, there's so many things that you can do with math and literacy centers that go completely beyond um, using them while you're teaching in small groups. But today we are going to be talking about the reasons you should be using math and literacy centers in your classroom. Because maybe if you're a K2 teacher, you're probably using these on some level. Um, if you're in my membership, you're definitely using them because we've been going through all the training over the past semester on how to get those implemented. But if you're a 3-5 teacher, 
I I struggle to find three five teachers that are using math and literacy centers. Um, and I'm not saying that they aren't out there. So if you are a listener, if you're listening to this podcast and and you use math and literacy centers, then you know, and you're a three five teacher, man, high five to you because you are rock, you are just extra rock stars in my opinion. But a lot of times, three five teachers think, oh, math and literacy centers, those are for that. That's for lower elementary. Um, listen, if I was teaching junior high. Heck, if I was teaching high school, I would be using centers. I would be using, now I might not call them centers. We'd probably call them stations. That's something else that I've been uh, heard them called. But I want to talk about the big question of, um, you know, why you should be using math and literacy centers in your classroom if you're not already. So this this one, I and, and even if you are, maybe you might think, man, I'm not using them correctly. So let's talk about this. So let's first ask this this big, huge, over-looming question of how do we get students to focus on a specific idea or concept inside our classrooms? You know, when you're learning something new or, or trying to reinforce a skill in math and literacy, it, it can be very difficult to work with a large group of students all at once. You know, this whole class learning and uh, whole group learning is very difficult to do. Now, I've done whole group learning um, in my career and used um, total physical response to um, engage an entire group of students at the same time. But using math and literacy centers allows you a way to help your students gain knowledge and content knowledge and feel more confident in your classroom and you don't have to work with them all at the same time. So that is really, really helpful where Math and Literacy Centers is concerned. So let's first define what a learning center is. So a learning center is an area of the classroom where students are going to work individually or in a small group on a specific concept or idea. Using centers is an easy way for you to differentiate and engage students of all ages and learning styles. So again, why should we be using learning centers in our classroom? Well, the first and biggest reason is small group instruction. Often when you're using centers, you're going to be putting students into small groups and have them work together in a particular area of the classroom. And when you have smaller groups of students, it's easier to explain this idea or concept that you're teaching them and get their full attention. Because when you're using small group instruction, your students are getting individualized learning, which makes it that much more meaningful. So let's let's have an example. If you're working with a group of fourth graders on a math skill, you can introduce that concept and then you review it and maybe you teach it a little bit more, review it a little bit more, and then you can put it into your learning centers and your students can review it on their own and they can hone that skill and you're just helping them along the way. This makes the learning very, very specific. I'm going to leave some links in the show notes that you can go check out our K through fifth grade uh, centers that are really great for materials that you can use that are um, easy to prep and put into your uh, into your math and literacy center. So you can find those those links down in the show notes. Now, a second reason that you uh, need to use, not only is it just for small group instruction so that you can actually work with small groups, but reason number two is using math and literacy centers is how you're going to review your concepts. Now, we all know that review is incredibly important. And often the subjects we teach like math, well, these build on past concepts. And when students are adding another layer of knowledge on top of something that they've already learned, it's important to go back and review those basic skills. But we don't have time 
in our teaching day to review. And this is where learning centers come in. Using centers to review is a great way to make sure that all of your students are where he or she needs to be in order to move on to that next level. And the bonus to all this is you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you review something. You can use past activities that you've used, say, in your small group instruction. You can use those activities in, in your centers and then the students already know they've seen it before and they're just reviewing those skills. For example, if you uh, reviewed addition and multiplication um, like, you know, from your third grade math curriculum and you reviewed that in your small group instruction, your uh, small group math uh, time, you can use an exercise from that lesson and simply change the numbers or you can even leave it the same. I mean, your students are not, especially if you spread these activities out, your students aren't gonna remember that they've already done this, not gonna remember all the answers. Using centers to review. So small group instruction allows you to meet with small groups and it allows you to review the material that they need to review. Now the third reason is enrichment because some students are gonna grab onto a concept and soak it in like a sponge but others are gonna take more time. So whether your students are fast, slow, or an average learner, you can enrich their knowledge really at any level that they're at in centers. Because you can individualize the learning, you can challenge students without leaving some of them in the dust or leaving some of them bored out of their minds. Because as you know, a bored student is one who's probably going to cause a problem but that's a completely different conversation. So um, if you're using centers in say second grade and are learning a new literacy concept that most of your students have already mastered, you can push them a little, uh, a little higher because you can challenge them with an activity that maybe takes that uh, concept a little deeper or to a different grade level. Um, and the best thing about this is, is you're actually creating future little teachers for your centers and then they can help other students in the centers as well that are, might, are maybe struggling. Now, the fourth reason that you should be using math and literacy centers is engagement. Now, think about this. Imagine trying to teach a group of first graders after being home for an extended period of time. Hello, we just did that. Whether it's in the classroom, in person or even virtually on say Zoom or Google Meets, getting all of your students to focus is gonna be more than a task. Someone has to tell you their favorite color is pink and then someone else has to tell you about a new pet, but using centers is going to eliminate some of that distraction. So when you have students in small groups, they're more engaged because there's less distraction. In addition, you're giving them a challenge at their level and by tactfully grouping your students together for maximum learning, um, you are going to have amazing center, you know, learning going on in your uh, math and literacy centers. So you got to be really careful about how you group your students together. And I am going to talk about that in a future podcast, how I group my students together. Now, the fifth reason, the fifth reason, and I think one of the biggest reasons you should be using math and literacy centers is differentiation. The big D, the big D. Differentiation is always needed in our classrooms. We have students that are all over the map with their learning styles, their levels, where where where, where their skill level are. We, they are all over the map. Now, I want you to imagine when you get a group of fresh students, say in kindergarten, well, with, especially with kindergarten, you're getting students from all walks of life. Some of them have been reading with their parents and reciting the ABC since they were two. Others have never had any structure in their lives at all. Some went to preschool, others did not. 
using centers are going to help you differentiate for these new kindergarten students. And it doesn't matter if, if you're teaching first, second, third, fourth, fifth, junior high, high school, you're still getting students from all different walks and they're going to be at different levels. By differentiating, you're pushing your students who may be a bit behind forward in an appropriate way while not letting those who are on track or ahead get bored because you can challenge and do enrichment activities for them. So that differentiation, that's where that whole review and enrichment comes in. It allows you to differentiate using your centers. Now, centers are a great way to help students academically, but when done correctly, they can also be a huge classroom management savior, making sure all of your students are getting an education that pushes them forward no matter where they are or where they start is the ultimate goal. When you use centers for learning, your classroom becomes an individualized work of art. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode by clicking the link in the description to jump over to the show notes. I know your time is valuable as a teacher, and I am honored that you chose to spend a piece of it with me. Help other teachers like you find the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified when new episodes are available. Thanks again for listening, and most importantly, keep being educational rock stars.